You want to find your tribe of raving fans. And that's just what we're here to help you do. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media, where we help entrepreneurs build better businesses by not only sharing insights and candid conversations, but by nurturing our minds as well. Get ready to explore, plan, and showcase your business, because here we go. Here's your host, Chief Strategist of 360 Media and Educator at TacticalProgram.com, Justin Lamb. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tactical Titans. This is a first episode with our new branding changeover, as uh, you guys might have noticed through the thumbnail. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. I've been really enjoying your feedback and learning more about how we're going to serve you. So today, today I'm bringing you Jeremy Colwell from CPG System. He's been on our podcast before. We talked about how we can be more remote in the workplace, uh, and he shared with us some, some great tips uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I wanted to have him on today because we're going to talk about tools that makes your business better and when you're building, automating, or scaling. So Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Justin. Really glad to be here again. And, yeah, I mean, it's super great. I mean, being able to, to talk a little bit more and getting off of this whole pandemic cycle, it's been so brutal. Uh, so I'm super happy to have you on the show talking about, you know, the things that are sort of latest and greatest um, in and tried and true uh, in terms of helping people build, automate and scale their business. And so uh, we talked in the preamble about what we're going to sort of dive into because there's obviously such a plethora of stuff. But I think one of the first things you know people really start off a business with is uh, when they're beginning is you know what ecosystem should they work on? Now, I am a G Suite fan. I'm a Google uh, fanboy uh, only because I started there. Uh, I mean, I I went through the whole. Uh, Windows phase, but I never got into Office 365. And so, you know, I want you to share a little bit about Office 365 and, and maybe some of the things uh, that it offers versus G Suite and so how you see it in the world, uh, in the world, and then of course, in the work that you do. Absolutely. And I have to start all this by saying that even though we're a 365 shop, even though we use 365 internally more than we use G Suite, there are a lot of, let's call them very passionate fans on both sides. So nothing that I'm saying here is intended to disparage one side or the other. Uh, I'm not going to tell you not to use G Suite or not to use 365 if that's what you're currently using. There are differences to them but that's all. One of the big differences, of course, is that 365 was built from the ground up for businesses. And the G Suite was built as a challenger to Hotmail, which is a consumer product. And we're going back a number of years where originally Gmail was built to compete with Hotmail. It was giving you more capacity. And gradually, Google expanded it to include more and more services, more and more functions. Whereas 365 from day one was built as a business tool. So they have a, a slightly different genesis in that regard. But with that said, a lot of people are far more comfortable in the Google environment 
than they are in the 365 environment. And, you know, as an IT company, we always preach and, and promote the idea that if that's what makes you feel good, then do it. We're, we're not inclined to force you down one path or the other. There's different tools in each one. There are some tools that are included in the 365 system that don't exist in the G Suite system. The most notable of those is something called Power Automate. And Power Automate gives you essentially the, the ability to program any function that you want with if this then that statements, with conditional statements, uh, such as time of day, day of week, sender, receiver, all sorts of things. And you can automate an entire workflow through Power Automate very quickly and easily. For example, you can say, if this person sends an email, then take any attachment, strip it out, put it in this folder, and then send an email to this guy, this guy, and this guy that it's arrived, and then look for this following action. And if nothing happens, after two days, send a follow-up email. So you can do all this with Power Automate. It's good and it's bad because of the capacity and the capability. A lot of people find it very overwhelming. And for somebody starting up on business, somebody who's new to business or who's still in an early growth phase, is that really the tool that you need right now? Or is it overkill and something that needs to be brought in later or something that would be better suited to be brought in later? Does that all make sense? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I think, you know, depending on who's listening to this and where they are in the business cycle, I think a lot of people, when they're starting out business, you know, they're working just by email. And so, of course, uh, Gmail being sort of the more, I guess, commonly uh, thought of as the accessible one is, as it is, uh, you know, the evolution and or the successor to sort of what Hotmail was. Um, and I don't think a lot of people necessarily... Uh, think of 365 as you know the the thing that they'd want to bring on to their business because they feel like the the upfront cost or whatever uh, is is too much for them, and you know they feel like Google has their own sort of basic tools of Google Docs and Excel and and that should be enough to get people by. Um, you know one of the things that I first encountered. I mean, I, I used Outlook. I think when it was. Windows 97 or Office 97, I think was, or Office 2000, somewhere, somewhere in that range. And I used Outlook, but, you know, I was never a fan of its interface at the time. Now, I don't know what's changed because I haven't actually dive, dove, 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 dive. I haven't gone into the ecosystem for 365, so I'm not really quite sure uh, what's changed in that environment uh, because, you know, I've been a Google um, Gmail user for for some some number of years. Can you tell me, you know, what's sort of the evolution from, you know, that just just god awful platform that sat on your computer and had to import everything through a POP three mail server, um, you know, and and you couldn't access it when you were offline or you know in the cloud or when you're traveling. Yeah, and you're absolutely correct. It was god awful. Uh, 
trying to manage downloaded email was such a horrendous thing that it, it was really an exercise in pain and frustration. And as the person who was fixing a lot of that, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, in the modern incarnation, it's a little different. Uh, from an aesthetic perspective, from a cosmetic perspective, a lot of people still like Outlook because it gives you the contact management plus the email management plus the calendar management plus the task management plus the notes management all in one simple interface. And the big difference now is that all of those functions are available either on the desktop client or through the web interface, just like Gmail has. They're accessible. Similarly, you can, you, you can edit Word documents online with the basic Office 365 account. Uh, I'm, I can't remember what the cost of G Suite for business is. I want to say it's six or seven bucks a month Canadian. Oh, no, it's gone up now. Uh, so those people listening as of today, uh, um, and this is, this is in uh, 2021, uh, a single account is $14.98 Canadian. And so it's gone up uh, significantly. Wow. Now, now that being said, so so here's 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 an interesting thing. So the reason why I chose G Suite now and I didn't go back to say uh, exploring 365 was was this. Um, as as most people know, Google has Google Drive uh, and and it's the competitor to Dropbox. And one of the things I liked about it was if I had three accounts or more active, which I need in my company anyways, I have an unlimited amount of data storage space, which for me is huge as a media company, um, you know, for 360, the media company itself, you know, archives upwards to four or five terabytes every quarter. Um, so that is like huge for us because it allows us to keep things on servers for a little bit longer than we guarantee uh, that is on our local drives. Uh, and then of course, in our backups here uh, at the studio. So, you know, it affords us to be able to work more remotely with some of our uh, editors that are maybe in Spain or in the Philippines. Uh, and, and so that was one of the things that I really liked about it. Now, I'm not sure if OneDrive has that capacity, um, you know, unlimited in terms of, you know, the price point that I'm, I'm at. So that is a big driving force for me to choose G Suite over uh, 365. But, you know, can you maybe elaborate uh, on that end of it? Like, how does OneDrive fit in? Absolutely. Uh, so... <laughs> And, and this is the one that a lot of people don't realize. In the Office 365, or sorry, Microsoft 365 basic subscription, that's $6.40 a month per person. That gets you access to OneDrive, that gets you email, that gets you the web version, the online version of Excel and Word and PowerPoint that gets you the calendaring, but it also gets you access to Microsoft Teams and that gets you access to Microsoft SharePoint. Now, the part that most people don't realize 
is that SharePoint and Teams and OneDrive, they're all the same thing. At the back end, in the, in the programming that Microsoft has come up with, it's all the same product. The difference is the wrapper, the user interface has changed for each one. They call it OneDrive, but really that's just more storage. With Office 365, if you've got an account that gives you access to Teams, you can have up to 200 and I want to say 250 Teams with the basic license and each team can be up to one terabyte in file storage. So from a practical perspective, you're looking at 250 terabytes worth of storage for 650 a month Canadian per person. Wow, that's eye-opening. So that's something I did not realize that that would be the case. Um, but but that being said, I mean, that would be wor worthwhile for a lot of people who don't necessarily deal with huge, huge documents and files like we do. Um, but But definitely advantageous for those people who are working with uh, you know, small groups of people with files that, you know, aren't much more than maybe five, 10 megabytes in, in size. I mean, that's going to, that's going to take you years to fill out. Uh, and by then the, the old stuff might not even be useful to you anymore. So you can purge that stuff. Um, but so, I mean, anybody who's not a media company could definitely take advantage of, of that. Um, and, and in terms of including teams now, um, how does team say differ then like, let's just say in G Suite, they have Google Meet. And I think Google Meet, they're trying to uh, make it a more robust platform. They're, they're, not, they're not getting there quick, but you know, I think they're trying to add some bells and whistles to make it a little bit more of a viable platform. How would you compare the two and what would be the advantages of say, you know, keeping to that 365 ecosystem versus you know, a G Suite? So Teams by itself, has evolved over the past 18 months uh, in very much the same way that, as you said, Google is trying to evolve the Meet platform to make it more robust. 365 and Microsoft are trying to evolve the Teams platform and make it closer or make part of it closer to the Zoom experience. And make no mistake, I'm a Microsoft fanboy. I strongly dislike running meetings on Teams. I, I just, I, Zoom is better, period. So that, that's my official opinion. I will, I'm, I'm prepared to, to stand up on that one. Uh, I have no problem saying that I strongly dislike using Teams for meetings. What I do like it for is the chat function and the file storage function, because it has a certain amount of file security built into it. So let's say you're working with a group of five people and three of those people need access to a certain type of file and two people don't. All you do is you create a team with those three people, put the files in there, and the two that don't need access to it, they're not even gonna know it exists. So the files are secure because 
the people who don't need access don't even know that it exists. They can't even see it. And that functionality is built in out of the gate. And there is also a way much like Google, uh, I think it's Google File and Backup Sync. Mm -hmm. There's a way to get your team's files locally synced onto your computer so you can access them from anywhere that you have an internet connection. Uh, at the same time, Teams or OneDrive gives you the option to automatically back up your desktop. You can automatically back up your documents. You can automatically back up your pictures. And that's a really useful feature as well in case something gets lost. How does Teams and Google Meet differ? And it, it, it's really, it's huge, the difference. Teams is intended as a overall communications platform, but it's also a collaboration platform. And this goes back a bit to your original question about some of the tools that early stage companies can use. There's a lot of other tools that are out there like Trello, like Monday, like different CRMs. And you can actually integrate those into the Teams application. So in the same way that you would, following my earlier example, if you've, you're working with a group of five and three people need access to certain stuff and two people don't, you can create a team with those three people. Well, what if those three people also need access to your Trello account? You can attach Trello to that specific team and you can attach only certain boards to that team. So you can get a direct linkage between Trello and Teams or between HubSpot and Teams or between Monday and Teams. And the last time I looked, there was about 400 different applications that you could integrate. So there's a level of interoperability in the Teams platform, I think, that just doesn't exist in the Google ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, the integration from from Google's standpoint definitely is not huge. I mean, but there are a lot of CRMs that then do the opposite. So they'll integrate uh, Google or, or G Suite into their ecosystem. So for instance, we use as a CRM, and this is a great segue, uh, as a CRM, we use 17 hats, uh, and it's designed as really more for the contractor coach um, and, and creative uh, CRM space where, you know, sends documents, uh, takes payments, and of course, all third-party plugins. And so we're able to plug in our, you know, Google um, email, uh, it'll propagate, it'll help sort, and all that sort of stuff. So it is definitely more uh, of uh, uh, inbound from from uh, the G Suite rather than from G Suite bringing other uh, platforms into their their ecosystem, which is, you know, quite quite the reverse of what Office three sixty five is. So, in terms of then CRM, when if we're talking about CRMs, do we go into 
would you suggest that we go into a new platform or does the Office 365 environment incorporate that aspect of a business into uh, its own ecosystem? There is a CRM function that exists within the 365 ecosystem called Dynamics. With that having been said, I generally do not recommend Dynamics for small companies unless you've got the time and the capacity to have at least a, I'd say at least a 0.75 FTE working on Dynamics alone, unless you've got somebody who's prepared to dedicate 30 out of 40 hours a week to working with Dynamics, don't use Dynamics. It's a beast. It's it's like Salesforce. You you've you've got this monstrous ecosystem. It's it's almost like an ecosystem of its own, and it's it's really big and it does a lot of things and it's incredibly powerful, and it's so confusing and it's so complicated. Oh my God, is it complicated? Uh, for a small company, I don't recommend it. Period. Apart from that, a lot of people will use the Outlook client as their CRM, and you can get different plugins that work as a CRM uh, in a limited capacity. There are quick steps that you can do. You can, in Outlook, you can program that a series of functions are all going to execute automatically with one click of a button. So if you want to use Outlook as your CRM, you can program a button that says when this, uh, or take this email, set a reminder to follow up in two days, plus move it into this folder, plus send a forward to the official CRM, and it does all that with a click of a button, which is really great if that's what you want it to do. And of course, when you're using the Outlook client, it is important to distinguish that Outlook is simply the mail management tool. It's not the mail service provider. So you can use Outlook whether you're on G Suite or if you're on 365 or anywhere else for that matter. Yeah, fantastic. That's a that's a great uh, great set of information for for people to kind of take hold and understand. So, if we're not going to be using Microsoft Dynamics um, as an IT specialist helping people, what would be some of your go-to CRMs that people should check out? You know, that's a really good question, and it depends on what you're doing and what you want your CRM to do for you. There's a couple that are very popular, such as HubSpot. If I recall correctly, they have a free tier with HubSpot, which essentially lets you do some simple contact management. And you can tie it in with something like MailChimp. So if you're doing a mail campaign, 
then HubSpot and MailChimp will talk to each other, which is great. You can look at something a little more complex or advanced and get into something like Infusionsoft, now called Keep, which is, again, it's a very powerful program and it's a little more, it's, it's, it's significant. It's I tried expensive. it for a little while. It's, it's, it's up there. And if you're not bringing in that type of uh, clientele and pipeline, it, I mean, it'll, it'll lead into your bottom line quick. It will. But at the same time, it's got a lot of functions that are very powerful, such as building a lot of marketing automation processes. So you can get keep to manage an entire workflow dedicated to marketing. And there's others that do the same thing. You can look, as you said, at something like 17 hats. There's things like Dubsado, which does more than just a CRM that also lets you do scheduling and invoicing um, and, and some forms. And so there's, there's a few different programs that are out there that are sort of startup business management tools. And of course, you've always got Zoho, which has much of the same thing. They've got a CRM with a low cost to entry. And they also have other applications that are part of the Zoho ecosystem. Generally, what we would suggest to our clients, if you're looking for a CRM, have a clear understanding of what you want the CRM to do for you. What's the goal of the CRM? What's the point? What, what problem do you want your CRM to solve? And then you can go to a website like G5 Crowd or Captera, uh, captera.com, and you can do a software search based on a whole bunch of different criteria, including functions. So what functions do you need? If you know what functions you need, then you can go to G5, you can go to Captera, and they will give you a filtered list based on the content that you're looking for, or based on the features, sorry, that you're looking for. And <laughs> so for people who are listening and they're wondering what's going on, my, my child just came into our studio and is uh, <laughs> right beside me. And Jeremy is just reacting because, you know, people who are listening doesn't get to see that. Because she's hamming up for the camera. Um, but she really is very cute. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Welcome to the new reality of business in the pandemic era. Oh, good thing podcast people can't see what goes on, but you know, right? But yeah, let's let's digress. So we'll go go back and just let's go back go to, back to, to to what that was. Um, you know, and and what are people looking for? The filters that are happening at Captera, yeah. um, and and what do they want their CRM to ultimately serve them for? And and that that's really the key is you know if you just go and start doing a search for low-cost CRM, you're going to come back with five gajillion results. And it's super overwhelming. And you almost get to a point of paralysis uh, from option. 
because there's so many possibilities and so many different price points. And that's the power of a, a website like Captera, like G5 Crowd, because they allow you to put in those criteria that are most important to you. And they'll present you a list that's separated some of the less appropriate. You can even put in budget range if you want. And then try them out. See, see what they feel like. See how they see what they look like. See if you feel comfortable. One of the reasons that a lot of people still prefer the G Suite experience is because of the experience. And you know what? If that's your preference, if you prefer that type of experience, cool. Good on you. You know what you like. And that's never a bad thing. You can take that same knowledge, that same preference, and expand it to some of your other tools and find, see if you can find something that looks or feels or handles similarly to something you're already comfortable with. Yeah, and I totally agree about uh, checking out different CRMs and kind of test running them. So here are a couple of things that I would recommend people who are listening to do uh, before you go and do so. First off is to put all of your contacts that you currently have that you want to test drive it with into an Excel spreadsheet, because what sucks the most is when you are starting off with a platform and you got to start to enter in things manually. Most CRMs have a function where you can import a database, get that CSV file up to date and use that as your starting point, because it is god awful to try to like enter things uh, for the very first time, you know, into the system and you're trying to enter a bunch of people only to find out it doesn't do what you want, don't like the interface, don't like the experience, and then having to do it over and over again until you find the one that you like. So save yourself some time, start off with a database. You can add to that database later, but keep that database up to date as you're trying things out. Yeah, absolutely. It, it does make a huge difference to have that. And the other thing to keep in mind when you're using a CRM system is that the CRM is only as good as the data that you put into it. If you find that you're not regularly using it because you find it onerous, because you sit there and you go, oh my God, I have to enter this data into the, into the CRM now. If, if you're finding that that's a problem, then the reality is as you move forward in the fullness of time, you're probably going to find that you're not entering the data into the CRM as much as you would like to. One function that a lot of CRMs have, not all of them though, is the ability to update a record based on a BCC email. So you can send an email from whatever tool you would normally do. You BCC a special address that's set up by the CRM system. And now your email has just been attached to that client record. And having, having the time to update your CRM 
is a challenge for some people. That That's something that I myself had a lot of problems with when I started using CRMs is, goodness, how much time do I need to spend updating my records? And do I want to spend time updating records or do I want to make another sales call? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a big question to ask. Uh, one of the reasons why we choose to use G Suite is because for us, um, you know, a, a large majority of our team uh, is, you know, using their phones or whatever. And so we tie our contacts into the central system and that gets propagated into our CRM uh, automatically. Um, and, and that has been tremendous because it really does help us update um, keeping files and people, uh, you know, accessible straight across the board when they're, you know, out on location or whatever. So, you know, really we just, when you find a system, you have to find a system that works for you and everybody is different. And that's why there's so many different systems out there. Um, so, you know, don't just think that you tried one and it didn't work for you because I, I'm going to tell you that there's got to be something that works for you because there, there's so many people who created these things. Um, you know, it's just a matter of time and, and effort that you're willing to put into it. So don't, don't discredit that it doesn't work. Uh, and in, instead of looking at whether or not it's just onerous for you because it seems like an elephant that you're having to, to take down and it's just overwhelming you at the moment, you know, really one step at a time, CRMs are great uh, over the long term. Uh, in the short term, they're just every CRM is a mess in the, in the short term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's very true. Um... But at the same time, as much as they, they can be a mess, they can also be really powerful. There's a number of different tools that are out there that will set up automation campaigns. There are a lot of CRMs that are out there. If somebody fills in a form on your website, then the, that info automatically gets added to your contact database in your CRM. And some of them will have an automation process where you do a form fill. So immediately it's going to send out an email to the person with the information they requested. And then it waits for a day and a half. And then it sends a follow-up email it says, hey, did you get that information that we sent? And then it moves them into this next campaign. And all of a sudden they're part of your drip system. And it's easier to stay in, stay in compliance with Canadian spam laws. Uh, and Canada's honestly got some of the toughest anti-spam legislation in the world. Being able to stay on top of that and stay in compliance with that is very important for a lot of people. And a, a good CRM can help you do things like that. Yeah, no, I, I love CRMs. We we have a bunch of those in automation. Uh, and those people I'm listening, um, I, I wanted to iterate, um, you know, something that you might want to be understanding or cognizant of. When we use a CRM and we're talking about automations, not all automations are great. There are some touch points, some parts of your business that still needs a human touch to them. Automation is supposed to speed up that environment, but, and, and as Jeremy can, can allude to, because I mean, he is all about being a human uh, centric IT company, that human element is also critically important. So don't just be so gung-ho about setting up automations and letting it ride and hoping that everything is going to be tickety-boo because in every system, 
as as much as we love to reduce the amount of time we we're in it, um, our customers, the people who are depending on us, sometimes need a human to interact with them. And and you're absolutely correct. If you look at some of the biggest companies in the world, if you look at uh, if you look at the apples of the world, if you look at Gmail uh, or the Google ecosystem, if if you look at Microsoft or Hewlett Packard or Southwest Airlines or uh, Tesla, Amazon, they're all about at some point eliciting some sort of feeling, right? And and you're absolutely correct, Justin. It's it's completely spot on that automation is great. I love automation. Make no mistake, but people do business with people. Your customers will do business with you because of how you make them feel, right? They're, and, and that's simple human nature. The, if they perceive that they're getting great value, they feel good. And that feeling part can't be replaced by any sort of automation process, whether it's in Google, whether it's in HubSpot, whether it's in Microsoft, whether it's in Trello or wherever it's coming from, automation doesn't generate feelings the same way. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I always ask the podcast guests is what is a book, a resource, uh, something that you can share with our audience so that they can add to their list of things to explore in the world. Uh, what would be something that has either deeply impacted your life or you think that would be really, really useful for somebody to check out? Um, can I do one of each category? Sure, you can totally do one of each category. Awesome. Um, personal growth, uh, the Tao Te Ching. Uh, which is a book on, depending on how you look at it, uh, it's either on religion or philosophy. And I choose to accept it as a philosophy, uh, not as a religion. And the reason I spend a lot of time reading it is because it does an excellent job of reminding you to be self-aware and to be humble. That's one of the underlying tenets of the book is don't be boastful, don't be brash, leave the braggadocio at home or in a closet somewhere, but be self-aware. And the more you're self-aware, the more you're gonna succeed. In terms of business, I'm gonna go with this one. Uh, this is my Bible. This is Traction by Gina Wickman. It is, it really is my Bible when it comes to business. It helps you establish a foundation that you can use to grow your business and really kind of take it to the next level. It allows you, 
it teaches you the basics of goal setting. It teaches you the basics of strategic planning. It teaches you the basics of people management. And it provides a framework so that businesses can grow and succeed. And ironically, uh, it's all about promoting tactics. <laughs> well, tactics are only one part of it. And I like the fact that you've you know, included both something on self-development uh, as well as, as something that's tactical in nature, uh, because the, the program that you know, that I produce is really a, a, an amalgamation of both because I really do believe that there needs to be some level of synergistic um, play between, you know, the growth of us at that moment, but also the growth of our own individual self. And, you know, you can have a business that grows to a certain level, but it's restriction and, and the capacity for it to break through that is ultimately generally hinged on our own personal psychology, limiting beliefs. Uh, and so they need to kind of move in tandem all the way through. And, you know, it's it's great that I think that you shared both of them. So I'm hoping that people get to to pick those uh, those books up and and really they explore them for themselves. And you're absolutely correct. There is uh, you do get to a certain threshold sometimes, and the skills that you're teaching people with your programs work very much in tandem with a lot of other business uh, business management books or business growth books. Uh, simply because they they really dovetail off one another they complement each other very well and at the end of it you know it's all about the success of the business and the more tools you have in your toolbox to push you in the correct direction the better you're going to do yeah no absolutely so thank you so much for joining me here today it was really great i love uh, chatting about the the two platforms exploring crms you know if anybody wants to get a hold of jeremy how are they going to get a hold of you jeremy I, I know that you're recently undergoing a brand uh change and so you know let people know where, where they can get a hold of you yeah you can send us a message at ask at human it company.ca that's the new brand that we've just started up you can also visit us on the web at www.humanitcompany.ca. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And hopefully everybody enjoyed that podcast. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks very much, Justin. Bye-bye. We want to thank you for listening to the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media. Your time is valuable, and we're deeply humbled that you are spending this time with us. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at 360photo and at Tactical Titans. You can also email us. We want to make this channel great, something you enjoy and find tons of value in. Send us your insights to info at 360photo.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us reach more listeners. As always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into business and marketing.